Okay. Greetings, everyone. This is V, aka Vernon English. Once again, signing in, giving insight as to just a part of what I've been up to and where this story progresses. <laughs> if you've been following, I thank you so much. Thank you to all the listeners. Thank you for vibing with this story that I have and helping me to write my fourth book and just write in my mind and retain the information even when I'm tired. I still have time to write. It's always, always a great time to express oneself and there's never not a point where creative expression is not needed or is it cataloged and added to the experience. And so that's generally where I begin and I'll give once again these fun facts and how these stories uh, came about. And so basically to reiterate and to talk about this and I'll say this to I'm blue in the face pun intended, I wrote this while I was outside and I was basically trying to piece together all the things that I loved about stories and one of the things is that I love to dream and I love to think about things that I don't normally see on a daily basis and those things have me in an endless endless procession of wonderment and enchantment and to see a beautiful scene or scenery is taking in the beauty of something that you can dream of giving back something like that or an understanding or even describing something like that to someone without a photo or even without words and to envision that and to attempt that is but one of my goals and even with words or even with colors I still want someone to understand why it is that I brought this scene to them, this scenario to them. If it is not just the message, then they get their own message from it. And this is generally the case. And this one is called Gateways, right? And so this one, and I'll probably leave this one as the next one and then I'll go into the second book just as a, a, a leading up to it because we're literally almost in the middle of the second book already. But I, I love the, the lore. I love the mythology of mermaids. And I'm a guy. So basically, I really don't want to just sit on rocks and let her sing to me and then I go out and get washed up in the ocean. It's not generally how I envision my life to be. But the lore behind it is something that I revere and highly respect. And the ocean or even how I view this thing and everyone thinks of it in a Disney type of fashion. But that's not generally the case where I know that other or mythological stories or other nursery rhymes and things like this had very dark origins or something that basically as the story was very if an example would be if you look at the Red Riding Hood or something like this and how the story actually culminated and there are different versions this one is generally the case of what I was shooting for 
but not The Little Mermaid. Don't get it confused. It's not that story. It's something quite different. And I wanted this to be of a story where I had a different setting. And like I mentioned, you have people that live on the tallest of trees, people that live in the, what do you call, desert. And, and this one is the other setting of the ocean. And these beings live in the ocean and are curious just as the Green King or those that live in the forest of what is going on in the surface and how the surface, it seems like something has gone on in the water or something like this. And basically, and that's a pun on words as well, because it's, it's interesting to see how all of these characters deal with uh, a case of mass amnesia or Alzheimer's. And, and this one character in particular forgets who she is and she goes on and does through the fashions and motions of remembering, but in a quite magical way, just because she's in the ocean and she's swimming, but it's not just that. There, there's something more and the way that I word it. And I call them Merfroids, M-E-R-F-R-U-I-D. So Merfroid, Manfred, Merfroid, Primulas, all of these things, right? And it basically goes on and says it found herself in the helm of a foreign place, embellished with the most elaborate of creatures she had ever seen, yet her memory was out of trace. What did she remember, however, was that she belonged. A guardian, as she rubbed her face, scales glimmered in the water's second sun's light. And so I've talked about this before, and the second sun is generally how I describe like a midday type of fashion. Now, there's three suns in the sky, but this one in particular has to give a time reference. I give nanoclicks, xenoclick in some instances, but this one, the second sun was in the sky. And so it was in a place where it's all equidistant to the horizon. So there's almost like a horizon and then there is that sun over there and then there's the other horizon over off the distance where that sun comes and goes over the sky and then there's the third sun that comes and that one I rarely mention in a later fashion because that one generally comes at the nighttime but not even including the, the moons and other planets I will allude and get to that later but <laughs> I know it sounds confusing but bear with me on this as far as it's the middle of the day. And it says, A guardian, as she rubbed her face, scales glimmered in the water's second sun's light. And how important, or how had she forgotten such an important task? Had something bumped her on the noggin, hence the forgotten duties. She felt in her stomach that she abhorred drama. So she breathed in water, disappearing without so much as a sound. Memories floated about her mind. How could she? How could? She stopped swimming, observed her surroundings, a vibration alerted her of possible trouble, fear swelled up in her throat, yet this sense of fury would not burrow, it stood by her side, her invisible hero. And so, I like different ways that people deal with emotions, because no one deals with something the same way. It is always, always, always different even if you're sitting next to someone 
and you're watching a movie. And that's always a cool thing to have, and it's not so much just Netflix and chill, but that cannot even be looked at as light in itself because that's important. I like how someone, you give someone material, right? And they're like, it's their material now because you gave that to the person. So as an artist, you're giving your thoughts, your hard-earned craft and putting it in the hands of someone. And it's a very personal thing to do so. And that's this instance of me putting my thoughts as to the emotions of what someone would do and then having it turn into something else. And that's what I, I, that was one of the major goals and why I did so in the first place. I was like, well, I'm not a woman, nor am I this in the ocean, but I want to describe what this person would do and their emotions and how they would operate and what they would think. That was pretty much, I remember this, thinking about this for a day or two of how someone would go about the emotions of finding who it is that they were. Like, what would they do? It, would it just be uh, a scene? Would it be a thing that would remind them or stretch their memory? What would it be that culminated into something and, and jogged someone's memory? And so that's generally what's happening here is where someone is thinking, they're like, okay, well, all right, all right, what? And, okay, that looks familiar, but that doesn't look familiar, okay. And cataloging it in their mind. And so that, that's generally what's happening. And it says, a, a colorful heartbeat pounded to the drums of listless tenure. She laughed as it rounded the edge of the long corridor. Read low. And I won't explain what this means. A small creature who seemed to fly with every breath, opening and closing its chest with palfrey steps. Hello, little one, she said with a hint of guess. I suppose everything is scarier when you don't understand its difference. And I leave it at that. It goes on to the gateway of all realms. But this was just an introduction. And the story progresses on where she is this queen or slash princess, but then royalty to the rest of these Manfreds or Murfreds in this instance, and they have this charge to her, or they have this request. I wanted this story to culminate into a harder, not like, not like Mike's Hard Lemonade or something like this, no. Nothing like this, but a more fashioned, a more edgier type of Little Mermaid story that wasn't a Little Mermaid story at all. And this woman, basically, the whole kingdom of the underwater world comes to this, this council. And it's not even a council, it's just a meeting that was already there. And she stumbles upon it. And it was as if they were waiting for her initially to begin with in the first place. And so then her mother comes and tells her that 
they were awaiting her and they don't even explain how she forgot her memories it's just a special case that she did but I never even allude as to how they retained their memories underwater but they were very curious and very upset at all of the things and the chaos that was going on in the surface world and so basically they ask of her as one of the royalty of their clan like would you go upon the surface and not be an emissary but can you go there and understand what it is that they do not understand and it's not the same as the green king and the little litigator where they're going as scouts this one is an emissary so she is going to represent them and the rest of what is happening in celestial and they don't know if she will come back they don't know if she will live they don't know what's going on in the surface but they leave it into this mystical understanding that this is something that needed to happen for the growth of their entire clan as everything else is adapting they really don't want to be left behind as far as what has it's almost as if it was a jump for advancement or just adaptation for the rest of the world and it's not so much this flight or flight response or Darwinian-esque mentality of surviving of the fittest it, it, I don't even allude as to if it is like volcanoes in the ocean that are exploding and they're trying to figure out who caused this earthquake and blah 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 no no they are there's something inherent about all of these characters in my story about those that know something and those that don't. Those that know things are the ones that don't say much. And those that do are the ones that don't have everything, but they, they speak as if they know everything. And so a clear justification of that would be from the first story in Hugh claiming that God was a man and that all of these things had culminated because of what they had done and truly to someone like Crow or anyone else that existed and listened to what this being was saying understood that there were certain things missing outside of his story and certain explanations that could not be explained and were quite self-interpretive now those that do know something and I paint these pictures and few and far in between and I pepper them in there is that it is someone on a floating island and those with animal heads or someone that's in the in the distance or in a, a place of seclusion such as the writer who sees all who know certain things about the past but are not apt to tell others just in fear of what their reactions would be and this is another one of those instances where those in the water kingdom are well well versed years and years and years worth of this sense of wisdom and knowledge that they possess and that is why they are sending this young murfraid or this young woman to the surface to represent the rest of them and they are understanding this right and this woman is like wait i'm remembering who i was what what 
and, and it comes almost full circle at the same time of just understanding like okay well I'm this and she reaffirms this and she literally sits in the same boat as the people on the surface world because of all that has happened she's witnessing for the first time talking for the first time understanding language understanding her purpose and then ultimately understanding herself it truly goes into a coming of self there's no coming of age because in most instances I don't even like mentioning their ages but this one has this mystical backing or exposition of how she will go about the story and then she goes to the surface world and experiences these different beings and it's not an aha moment it's not well this person operates different let me look at them and wow look at the comparison no it, it goes into a way more complex conversation of why certain beings do certain things or why they are this way or why they even believe that they are this way or it should be this way and you think of and I jokingly say this as a child asking questions and inevitably getting answers any way that they so choose and she generally does this as well and, and it sounds like oh this story is okay or but it's way 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 more colorful it's way more funny and I wanted to make it lighthearted in a place that was so much of chaos, raping, pillaging, and certain violent things that are happening. I wanted it to be wholesome and to show the juxtaposition of that certain nice things can still happen and certain magical moments still exist regardless of this clear split down the line of things we choose to see and so one could look at the ocean and see how violent it is and see their currents there and that you get pulled out there there's certain things that can happen but I also wanted to show that there are certain things in life such as these cool discovery moments of discovering a color for the first time or seeing something shimmer or discovering a sound for the first time or hearing music a certain arrangement uh, in a way that you've never heard before and then how your mind goes through the motions of discovering that itself and I wanted to personify this because that's a daily thing it's not just a moment where you have an album and that's just the last time you listen to it it, it could be another moment where you listen to the album again and you listen to another album and you have another experience that gave you an experience that was like another. That, that's where I was getting at. There's so much more to just this story in itself that I wanted to have that as a reference. And, and that's why I called it Gateways because she was opening up these doors uh, to her life and then discovering all the things that, as in sleeping, she had not even known. And now in waking, it was just one door after the next. 
and literally she goes through a door to reach her own kingdom and it just goes on into a different story i have golden turtles i have her going off to the surface and meeting up with these people on islands it's insane and fun at the same time challenging very much so um, for one me being a guy and then speaking in a female's voice but then I teeter on both and, and that's why I never inter interjected too many female characters into the story is because that also and and I'll talk about this in the next one is a writer to talk and as a writer you have to have things that you've experienced and you've had to have these conversations so you can talk about them you don't generally want to talk about something you've not experienced or even seen then it comes off as if you you are making it up but then no you want at least one part of hearing that someone told you a story like this before or they gave you a scenario like this before or you've had a conversation like this before and this person responded in a different way so now you're writing it this way you want some type of experience some way that's why I believe that if you are a writer and you write in a young voice or you write or cater to this youthfulness or angst this angst or whatever it is will change and you will change inevitably and so then you have to go back to it and talk about certain things when your life is obviously of decadence <laughs> something of money and living good and, and having what do you call this avocado toast and stuff it's completely and totally different when you get to a certain age and understand how everything operates. So thank you so much for listening. Thank you for the responding. The more you guys respond, the faster it is that I upload. And this is me uploading because of this. So thank you. Bless you guys for real. I, I thank you so, so much. You have no idea. I, I just thank, wake up in the morning thanking and, um, I appreciate it and, and I'll bring more material that I'm amazed at and uh, more conversations that we can have. This is an endless amount of conversations. I haven't even scratched the glazier surface of all of the things that I have uh, to bring to you in a story and that I've retained and just basically looked at all of these stories. A lot of them only have 400 to 500 pages and then they end. And then you, you just wonder what happened at the end of the story. Well, now you have an author that is quite young and has a never-ending story for you. And so you'd be looking for that where anything you can think of is inevitably possible. That That's really generally one of the themes of the story. And if you have no memories, then it, it inevitably is or does exist. How could you... We'll, we'll go into this, but thank you so much. This is Vernon, a.k.a. V. Bless you so much. And uh, hit the subscribe button, too. Peace, peace.